Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm your host for the day, and it's Friday. So you know what that means. It's time for the roundtable. We got Julia Daniels joining us, of course, and then Sam Ekstrom. Everybody else is on IR. So it's just going to be the three of us today. We're going to have some fun. But I want you guys to know this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself. Purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And trust me, you are going to want to fight some infections. As this winter comes, we know that's when the sickness hits. Make sure you go to jace.com. I mean, sorry, jacemedical.com to get yours today. Well, I got to introduce the crew again. We got Sam. We got Julia. A ton of uh, sports this weekend, but no Vikings. So we get to talk about the Vikings today because they had a game sooner than we wanted but we're going to jump into this so you know what we got to get locked in on these topics what you got for us today sam yeah we're, we're talking vikings we're going to get our big takeaways in from last night's loss to the philadelphia eagles but you know what i also want to do i'd like to spin a positive tale about how this season isn't necessarily over yet despite the zero and two start We'll talk about the Twins. Basically, they have the AL Central locked up, but what do they have to do to have playoff success? We know their history with it. I'm still, it's still too early for me to say the Twins have it locked up. I just never know with the Twins <laughs> and Minnesota sports. Um, but we got to talk about, speaking of Minnesota sports, Minnesota is taking on UNC. Everybody is talking about this number 20 team, Drake May, top quarterback you know, in the NFL draft. I will say this. I just upset Meat Sauce in the initials game. So I think the Gophers can upset UNC, but we'll talk about that next. So, Sam, with no further ado, take it away. Eagles 34, Vikings 28. Uh, Ron, you and I and Luke Braun were on the postcast last night, and a, a couple big takeaways from the postcast discussion, turnovers. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Vikings had four fumbles, almost five fumbles lost in that game. Their turnover margin through two weeks is minus six minus six and yet they have been within a possession in both of these losses two mm -hmm. tough defeats vikings are zero and two where do we go from here what are our big takeaways from last night's game i'm gonna start um the run defense to me is so frustrating it's so frustrating last night i got to get the official number of what they gave up on the ground it was over 250 yards and it was at will it was darius slay slashing between the tackles a one horse open sleigh um it's almost the christmas season boston scott uh doing work rashad penny doing work jalen hurts shoving bodies out of the way for one yard sneaks it was so frustrating i think it's more frustrating to have a team bulldoze you in the run than anything else when you just cannot stop them and that's what the eagles did last night they enforced their will and i i got to see more from this vikings interior defensive line you know, Dean Lowry, Harrison Phillips, Kyrie Tonga, Jonathan Bullard, where are you? Make some plays. Because I saw the Eagles interior eating up Vikings running backs, and I didn't see that on the other side. So I'm frustrated by the run defense last night, and the time of possession that led to was something like 36 to 24. Not going to win a lot of games that way. Julia? I mean, we've been talking about it since training camp, right? The O-line is just... There's no confidence in them, and for good reason. We saw how many times Kirk got hit last night. We saw how many times he got hit in week one. 
Sorry, my cat's trying to jump on my computer. Um, <laughs> we pay all these players all this money. You pay Hawk all this money. You pick a wide receiver in the first round of the draft. But the old, it's not like the O-line is, is a new problem either. What are you know? You, you have to wonder what are we doing here? Who are we? Why are we paying? You know, let's get a guard. <laughs> let's pay a guard to come in here. You have that that clip of Kirk that that goes viral last night where he's telling JJ in week one, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just getting hit a lot," and everyone's talking about it on all the broadcasts, but we didn't see much change from week one to week two. Granted, I mean it's only four days, but and you have injuries as well, but. Then you have Ed Ingram make a comment just a few days ago about, I think I played well. Well, sorry, but if your quarterback's getting hit that much as a unit, I don't think anybody should be making comments like that. And I think Vikings fans have a good reason to be very frustrated with what their O-line looks like right now. Yeah, so here's where I go with this. I'm going to throw some stats out there. I'm not going to get too wordy with the stats, but we have to, like, let's be honest. Here's, Here's the issue. And Sam, you hit it. The running game. 259 yards rushing. DeAndre Swift, Detroit Lion, we know him well. He's wearing number zero. And he actually just ran through guys. Like, he ran away from guys. Uh, we, we can talk about the Josh Metellus quote, you know, in the next one. But Josh Metellus said they ran the same play. And I think Sam's going to bring up the tweet. Uh, they ran the same play. And it's near gun, which basically people, that's just a formation. Near gun. And then they ran at us every time. And he basically, like, paraphrasing, it's a mentality. That's what he said. He said, the offensive line. And they do have a mentality. When you think about Jason Kelsey, think about Lane Johnson. Uh, they're they're dirty. They're nasty. They're grimy. They eat steak with their bare hands. They drink beer, you know, out of anything in the house. Like, they might drink it out of a boot. They're going to drink it out of whatever they can. I feel like the Vikings players and nothing against having good etiquette. But I feel like some of these offensive linemen, not Christian Darius on Brian O'Neill, I think they're just fine. But I think some of those interior offensive linemen, they, they put napkins in their shirt when they eat. Uh, they're using a knife and a fork. They're making sure to chew 32 times before they swallow. Um, I mean, it's just it, – it, it's a different mentality in Philly, and it's a different mindset. Like, I, even like the Lions right now, when you see C.J. Gardner-Johnson walk in the locker room and pull that ski mask on and say, you know, we got that ski mask mentality. You might not want to give it to us, but we're going to take it. If you want us to be the bad guy, we'll be the bad guy. And that's what I'm waiting for the Vikings to have. Like, the, the Ravens had Ray Lewis. The Bears had Mike Singletary. The Steelers had the Steel Curtain. At some point, you have to get that in you. Like, it's just, uh, I want it. Like, I want it more than you, so I'm going to take it. Like, it reminds me of Avengers, and sorry to go into an Avengers rant, but at the end of one of the uh, Avengers movies, Drax is talking to uh, the guy, and he's like, hey, you guys have all been pardoned. And he's like, but what if what if I want to what if I want to take something from somebody? He's like, well, 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 that's theft. You can't do that. He said, but I want it more than him. He's like, but it's theft. And he's like, well, what if I pull somebody's spine apart? He's like, uh, that is the worst possible thing. That's murder. He's like, but what if he had it coming to him? You know, like you got to have that killer mentality. And Avengers, we know nobody really dies, but you got to have that killer mentality. And that's what I'm waiting for: is somebody to walk in that locker room like Drax and just be extremely aggressive. Be the guy that's gonna be the first one to punch somebody in the mouth. And that's where the run game comes from. When you look at the other stuff, and, 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 and you both said this, 30, almost 40 minutes time of possession to 20. That's not going to work. You look at plays, 75 total plays for the Eagles, 55 for the Vikings. Now, the Vikings were 60% on third down conversions, whereas the, the, the Eagles were 42%. So there were some wins in there, 
but just not enough. I think at the end of the day, the fumbles lost four to their zero. That's the key. That's that's the thing. When you look at fumbles lost, we lost four fumbles. They actually did fumble the ball, but they didn't lose it. That's the big difference. Not, I mean, we, we know there was an interception thrown to Theo Jackson, but it comes down to that stuff. Here's a question for both of you guys. When you think about this game, and I know everybody, you know, we, we do the post-game shows. We see the comments in the chat. The sky's falling for a lot of people. 0-2, sky's falling because then you, you have to turn around and have a certain number of games you look at in that stretch. So you got the Chargers, which could be daunting. You got the Chiefs, could be daunting. Panthers seems like an easy win, but who knows with this team. And then you have the Bears, should be an easy win. So Bears, Panthers, the same. And then you have the 49ers. You have the 49ers. So in your opinion, I'll start with you, Julia. If the sky is falling, why? Or if it's not falling, how can you make these fans feel better about these next couple games? It's not falling. I tweeted last night towards the end of the game, and I said, such effort, such execution, but so little time. Too little, too late. They started executing offensively, for sure. I would say it's only week two. The thing that's killing them the most is, like you said, it's the turnovers. And that's something that football teams know how to fix. I mean, will they fix it? We'll find out. But if they do <laughs> fix something like that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I say they win the game last night had they not turned over the ball, you know. I would say don't don't fret yet. And as Deion Sanders tells his team, it's not about them. It's not about the daunting opponent ahead. It's about the Vikings. It's about us. They have to fix internally because they had every chance to win the past two games. And, you know, hopefully they won't give the ball away. Maybe I was telling Reggie last night, maybe they uh, put a little stickiness on the balls moving forwards. (laughs) They don't have so many turnovers. But I would say that's the main issue right now. And it's something that they can for sure fix moving forward. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that that KOC would rattle some cages last night in the postgame presser. But, you know, again, he did what KOC does. He fell on the sword for his players. And I don't even think he has to. Like, when guys are fumbling the football, obviously the coach cannot hold on to the ball for for them. That is not a schematic adjustment the coach can make. You just got to hang on to the football. And they've done the drills like they've worked on this, and they still can't hang on to the ball. And he said, now we got to coach better. We got to emphasize it more. Uh, I hope it works. I hope they don't fumble again all season. Uh, we talked about a lot about regression last night, how the Vikings seemed to be regressing from last year before our eyes. Well, now Luke Braun made this point in the postcast. Now, now the fumble luck might start bouncing their way a little bit after every single fumble winds up in the other team's arms. Maybe things will break their way, but the run game's got to get going. I already complained about the run defense. Run offense right now through two games, 26 carries, 69 total yards in two games, 2.7 yards per carry. Uh, We're not really even seeing a rotation. It's been Madison and then just a a, a meager sprinkling of Ty Chandler. They got to get the run game going. But this passing offense, this is the reason for optimism. This passing offense with absolutely no run support. The defense might not even have belief in the play action, and yet they are still finding ways to throw for well over 300 yards through the air. KOC last night said Justin Jefferson's doing things he's never seen before to beat double coverages. Justin Jefferson is on pace for 2,600 yards through two weeks. Uh, This passing offense is legit. Jordan Addison is legit as an over-the-top post-route threat. TJ Hawkinson is cleaning up everything right now. Uh, so that's, that's how you're going to get back in this thing. And let's take it a game at a time. You can beat the chargers at home. 
I have no doubt they can beat the Chargers at home. You can beat Adam Thielen and the Carolina Panthers on the road. That is not a great football team. So two and two, just get to two and two. That is absolutely within the realm of possibility. And then you worry about the Chiefs at home. Everyone's already worried about the Chiefs. No, mm-hmm. get to two and two, and then we'll talk about the Chiefs and we'll feel a lot better about it on a two-game winning streak. So now you got 10 days to get ready for Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I said this too on the pregame show about the uh, social media quarterback and Justin Herbert. Um, Justin Herbert is really good. He is. Keenan Allen's really good. Uh, Mike Williams, really good. Like that team is really good. Uh, Austin Eckler, really good. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, very scary. Uh, so it, it's going to be a tough stretch. But the good thing is they're going to be at home. Uh, hopefully they've learned. Now we saw uh, Sean Tyler for the Gophers fumble, and PJ Fleck came on a PJ Fleck show, and he said that they made him wear like slippery arm sleeves. They did some stuff with his hands, so that he had to figure out what. Well, how can I? Even if it's wet, even if I'm sweating, if it's slippery, how do I hold on to the ball to keep it? My guess is Kevin O'Connell doesn't live far from PJ Fleck. Those conversations are being had as well. Like, hey, I forgot all about doing that, man. Thanks for reminding me. Like, those type of conversations happen between guys that know each other, between, between coaches, and, and coaches have done that in the past. I guarantee all the guys that fumble the ball this week and next week will have some type of task where either it's going to be additional emphasis on people punching the ball out from them. Uh, I don't know if Julia remembers the program. I know Sam probably didn't see the movie The Program. But in the program, the movie, old school movie, one of my favorite movies, uh, the running back who's Omar Epps back in his younger days, fumbles the ball in the game. The coach makes him carry. No, sorry, in practice. The coach makes him carry a football around to class, to, mm-hmm. to lunch, to dinner. And then at one point when he's in class, he forgot. He set it down on the desk and one of the dudes punched it. And everybody in the class like a jumped on jumped Because if you bring the ball back to coach, you're in trouble. And so he did recover his own fumble in class, not to ruin the movie for people that haven't seen it yet. But that's the that's the mentality these guys need to have with the ball. I mean, PJ Fleck says the ball is the program, and people make jokes. It is the ball is the pro- the ball is the like if you hold on to those four fumbles, I truly believe the Vikings would have won that game. Vice versa, and the and 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 it's not even a vice versa score of 34-28 Vikings. I don't think the Eagles even get to thirty. I think the Eagles would have been stuck at like 21 to 24 points because if you think about some of the turnovers, they were in their own shadow of the goalpost. And so then the Eagles just had to turn around and do a couple of tush pushes and they scored. But we got to move on. We got to talk about the Gophers. We got to talk about the Twins. Before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Yeah, Jace Medical brings you today's program. Uh, yesterday, went to, went to the golf course yesterday evening. Scary incident. Gentleman had an allergic reaction to a bee sting scary stuff stuff like that's just unexpected you don't always know when it's going to happen there's a lot of randomness that can pop up in the course of your life everyone should feel empowered that when situations arise of that nature they can care for themselves or their loved ones jace medical offers you the jace case the jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use gives you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping, you're not just crossing your fingers that you'll have access to the right medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand close by. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online eval to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, and they will provide ongoing consultation and care so you won't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com, J A S E medical.com, 
promo code locked on. Don't get caught unprepared. Well, I know a lot of people in Minnesota are negative. Everybody went to Thursday night's game in negativity form. It's not going to go good. Eagles are going to run all over the Vikings. Vikings are not great. They actually only lost 34 to 28. So, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Speaking of Minnesota sports that we're hoping is not as bad as we think it might be, got to move on to the Minnesota Twins. Julia, what you got for us? Minnesota Twins. Uh, I got to say, the last time the Twins won a playoff game, 2004, I would have been seven years old. Wow. Um, I think it says a lot. However, you know, when it comes to – this year, it's been different in that they have so many young guys uh, in their lineup and relying on them. I think last time I was on the podcast, we talked about this. Relying on them in the lineup is something that um, will probably suit them well come the postseason. And you know what? A lot of those guys are younger than I am. So it's kind of like a clean slate for them. They don't have to think about the lingering stat of not winning a playoff game since 2004. Um I think it'd also be really huge for this city just to even win one, you know. Um, will it happen? We'll see. Uh, and like Ron said earlier, he's not even sure if they have the AL Central locked up yet. And I, I'm not going to make any predictions about anything um, because I've learned my lesson here in Minnesota. So I'll leave it at that. What is it, 18 games left? Is that the number? 15 for the Twins with an eight-game lead. 15 I, games, eight The game probabilities, the, the analytics would tell you they have a 99.9% chance of making the playoffs. Okay, it okay. Feels, Maybe I can be a little more optimistic. It feels now. pretty pretty good at this point. They've got the the White Sox <laughs> for three more games. Yeah. White White Sox are they're just a quitting baseball team. They beat them 10-2 to two last night. So I'm I'm more focused on how do we get ready for the postseason. So like the A's, the, are we not worried about the A's and the Rockies? And yeah, I mean, the Angels. two of the three worst teams in the league like there. The Reds, okay. Reds are good. Okay. Reds are good. Okay. But, uh, you know, I'm more focused on how do you get right for the playoffs? Because the, the best Twins team of the last decade was the Bomba Squad in 19, but they limped into the playoffs. They were banged up. They had a bunch of guys that were trying to play hurt. They had guys out of the lineup. It was a mess. Um, so let's get, let's get healthy. Uh, Michael A. Taylor, get healthy. Carlos Correa is taking some time off right now. Royce Lewis twisted his ankle last night. Let's get him right. Um, let's figure out who your third arm is going to be. You've got Pablo, you've got Sonny Gray. Who's going to be your number three in the playoff series? Probably Joe Ryan. Uh, but Kenta Maeda throws kind of a gem last night. Um, Dallas Keuchel, I don't trust. So you, do you turn some of these back-end starters into bullpen arms? Do you turn Keuchel, Maeda, and Ober into bullpen guys? Figure out your pitching. Like, get get everything in order. Um, and figure out your bullpen. Because in the playoffs, you're using your bull, bullpen more often. You're pulling the starter earlier. You're using your bullpen every single game if you have to. And you've rotated through so many arms in the course of the year. Who do you trust? Who do you trust to get big outs in big spots in front of big crowds in the playoffs? Uh, so they've got a lot to figure out, I think, in these last 15 games. I'm less concerned about the win-loss record, more concerned about going into the playoffs right. 
Yeah, I, I just look at the hits. I, I just truly believe there's no way they're going to go into games and shut people out with their pitching. So the pitchers have to feel like, look, I'm probably going to give up two to three. Can we come up with five or six? Can we find a way four to five to six every game? Can we find a way to get hits? Can we find a way to, to, to eke out some runs? Can we find a way to, to move runners along the base pass, whether it's sacrifice flies, whether it's, you know, laying, laying down a butt, whatever the coaches are asking, do it. You know, a lot of times the analytics, people hate analytics in baseball because they don't get it. But there's something to small ball. There's something to knowing who to bat win and who's been hitting better to put behind who. You look at Alex Kirilov and Royce Lewis. You know, you got to figure out ways, you know, with, with Matt Warner. You got to figure out who's going to be the guy to hit. You can never just say, well, look, this guy's been batting seventh all year. Let's leave him there. There's never a right answer. It's always about who's hot and who's better behind who. Like Sam said, you think about 2019, it was hit after hit after hit. There was a, a persona with that team. Uh, they were they were celebrating together. That's what this team has to do. I, I feel like every uh, you know big win or big team as we go into the deep in the playoffs, we start to like love that team because of their dugout, because of the stuff they do, because of the, like the Twins can get there. But I think first it's like like Julia said, what two thousand four? She was seven. I was four. No, I was twenty four. I don't even know. Oh my goodness, you're that. Oh wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was 24. I was, I, was, I was like, I was 14 and she was seven. I'm like, wait, no, I wasn't 14. The math is math. 94. Math isn't math. Oh my goodness. That, that just, that just, uh, if I hadn't won the initials, my Friday would be ruined. My Friday is still good. Um, but when you think about that 2004, like that's crazy to think about the last time they won a playoff game. And so now 99% chance they're making the playoffs. But then how do they – and it's not a limp in. I think that's the key. They they are going in with authority. They're going in with power. Are they going to go in with confidence and know, you know what, we can actually win a playoff series. We can win a playoff game. Um, and it only takes a couple guys to get the team going. You know, like when we know pitchers get into the matrix and they start to see, you know, they're hitting the corners, they're hitting the zones, and the umpire is giving them the calls. That's what the Twins have to get to. Understand that don't walk up there looking for a walk. You got to be You got to be a hitter at every point. And that's why I'm focusing on the offense because you can you can give up three or four runs, but it doesn't matter if you're if you're or you can give up no runs. It doesn't matter if your team can't hit the ball. Like that's the key. Don't expect to go into a game with a pitcher like you don't have you know. And he's not doing great right now. But back in the day, when you look at the Astros, you don't have Justin Verlander. Like you don't have a guy that you're like, look, we're gonna put him on the mound and he's gonna kill it. But I know people are, are loving Sonny Gray. Um, question is, can he get it done when it matters in the playoffs? And I think that's the key. Um, we got to talk about the Gophers because P.J. Fleck and his Gophers are traveling to North Carolina. North Carolina! Julia remembers that. Stand up. Take your shirt off. You twist it right your head. We're oh, like a helicopter. So it's funny, too. Off subject, but a North Carolina person got married. I saw a tweet, and they had P.D. Pablo, like, do their intro as they were walking in after they were married. Oh the tweet was like, how low has P.D. Pablo fallen that he's, like, doing wedding <laughs> intros? Oh, he was but, actually there. In, oh, yeah, in he was person. there. Oh, yeah, he was there with the microphone. Okay. And uh, the music started playing, and everybody was like, oh, okay, okay. And then P.D. Pablo actually walked through the doors, and they were like, wait, what? He's at the reception? <laughs> like, P.D. Pablo is just popping up doing wedding receptions? Oh now, I, I didn't look at all the comments, but some of the comments were like, oh, they know P.D. Pablo or something like that, or, oh, he's a friend. You know, so I think there was a connection there. It wasn't just like, hey, we went on the internet. Hey, P.D. Pablo, can you come to our wedding reception and get it started? Um, <laughs> but when you think about North Carolina and the amount of energy they're going to have, 
um, the key thing for the Gophers to be happy about is that's a basketball school. So even when Mitchell Trubisky was like a Heisman candidate, and one, those games weren't lit. It wasn't super exciting. It wasn't super fun. So I think the Gophers at three o'clock are or their time. I think whatever two o'clock is that what it is or three o'clock our time, four o'clock their time. Two thirty is the time I saw. Yeah, so three thirty their time, two thirty our time. Um, but when you think about that kickoff, um, here's where I go with this quick. Drake May is the, the that's the that's the end all be off. You stop the run, and I heard Chad Greenway just say this on the radio about the Eagles and Vikings. They stopped the run of the Vikings, so they became the Vikings became one dimensional, which was easy to figure out, easy to get three and outs. That's what the Vi- the Gophers have to do to Drake May. Make him one-dimensional. He has a really good running back that I think had like over 200 yards last game uh, and three touchdowns. So you have to make them one-dimensional to where it's all on Drake May's sh- shoulders. And we saw that defensive line. It was the, the Eastern Michigan team. But that defensive line and Joe Rossi and the, the ability to get up in the A-gap and the B-gap and put his linebackers up there, create some confusion, you have to do that with Drake May. I'm treating this with another guy named Drake. The motto, YOLO. Julia knows that song. It's the <laughs> motto is YOLO. You don't have to hide anything. PJ Fleck is a, is a psychologist. He loves to hide stuff. Don't hide anything in this game. Just throw the kitchen sink at this kid. Blitz him, blitz him, blitz him. Use your number two guy, the cornerback who came in, the transfer. That kid, PJ said, right away he jailed with the team. And right away, they were like, man, this Jones kid is going to be good, but he also knows how to blitz and get after the quarterback. And that's rare in a defensive back. And so I think that's the key for this one. They have to get after the quarterback, and they have to use every single guy to blitz the quarterback different ways so that when Drake May looks up, he doesn't know who's coming. That's where I go with it. But Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I think there could be uh... – 400 combined rushing yards in this game. The way that the Gophers rushed the ball last week, the way that UNC has rushed the ball through two games, I think 319 yards in one game, 174 in the other game. Now, they were taken to overtime by Appalachian State. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know Appy State, they're up for an upset every few years. They love knocking big, big big-name schools off. But they had to go to double overtime to win that game. So that defense might be a little susceptible Drake May is not going to make a lot of mistakes. Only seven picks last year, 37 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He did throw two, though, against South Carolina. you got to be opportunistic if he's going to, uh, you know, give you a couple opportunities. If Tyler Newbin can crash down and make a couple plays, that could change the complexion of this game. So, Gophers, be more opportunistic than our Minnesota Vikings. If there's a fumble, you got to fall on it. you got to be able to swing the momentum in this game against a team that I'm I'm sure – Tar Heels fans are super on fire for, super excited about. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Um, I'm a big, you know, PFF guy. I'm looking at Drake May's stats from last year. He had 45 big-time throws, according to PFF, where they they basically grade when a quarterback makes an elite-level throw. The next closest quarterback had 35 big-time throws last year. So Drake May, he's going to fit him into tight windows. He's going to be aggressive. Can the Gophers take advantage of maybe some reckless throws occasionally and defend the pass really well? That's going to be a key. Yeah, I would say they they would hope that he might underestimate their defense a little bit. I would also say the Gophers' defense, they have right have a right to be very confident heading into this one because, like Ron said, I mean, that second half allowing four yards total I mean, by Eastern Michigan – insane stats, especially compared to the first half. I also think 
Darius Taylor, I, I'm hoping that he's really confident going into this one. We, you're right. It, it could be a really quick game because they're probably going to both sides run the ball a lot. But yeah. Darius Taylor, a freshman, and his performance last week was really inspiring and encouraging for Gophers fans for sure. I also think, you know, I went to their their big press conference where they have all the players for the week come in and talk. And there was a lot of question about, you know, you're going into a ranked opponent's home stadium, you know, how, how fired up are you about a potential win there? And they're all like, we don't think about that. We don't, they do think about that. They're thinking about knocking off uh, a ranked opponent for sure. It's probably at the forefront of their mind right now. I would say also that, a 3.30 game in North Carolina, it, it is going to be rowdier than what they're used to the first two weeks mm-hmm. here just because mm-hmm. that's that's how it works. It's ACC football. Um, and I, I think the crowds have, have really built up even since Mitch Trubisky's time at, at North Carolina. So it'll be different Probably. for sure. But, um, yeah, relying on, on Darius Taylor and uh, giving him some chances just like they did this past weekend, I think it served them well. And here's what I say with this. The guy's name is Omarion Hampton. He's the running back. It was App State. So that 234, that 200 plus I talked about was 234. It was App State. You're right, Sam. App State almost beat them 34 to 40. So that's what makes me feel like they're vulnerable. Like they're they're vulnerable to if you can if you can force Drake May, because Drake May hasn't really had to do like a ton just yet. He hasn't had to be his self. Like he hasn't had to be the guy. Like Caleb Williams, USC has had a ton of Heisman moments already. Caleb or uh, Drake May has not had to do that. And that's why I feel like if you can make them one dimensional um, before we get out of here, uh, last quick one, you got, you got the Vikings, you got the Gophers, you got the twins with this season, the way they're heading right now, Julia, do you feel like if the Vikings lose to the chargers and they go Owen three, do you think that Minnesota fans will latch on to the twins for this playoff run and kind of walk away from the Vikings for a little bit until they get the ship right? Or do you think people are going to steal, like, football still king? Mm, I would say football still king, and that's only because I've seen the ratings for CARE 11, uh, no matter the year and how that works. Vikings <laughs> is always king for us. We're told by management all the time. If the Vikings are doing something, that takes precedent. Twins is is a close second, but mm. I, I don't think so. I think people are so loyal to this team. Um Sure, people can get excited about the Twins, but the Twins have disappointed so often and for so long that 0-3 people will still, in the back of their mind, think, it's only three games. Look at the rest of the season. Yeah, I I think the Vikings are always going to win out if you're making a choice on a Sunday afternoon with Mm -hmm. what you're going to watch. But the time in between, people might be devoting a little attention to the Twins. If all the Twins need to do is win their first playoff series. If they mm-hmm. can win a playoff series, people will be on fire for this team because it'd be so novel. It'd be so new. What? We want a playoff game? Or, like, I, you know, Julia was seven. I was turning 13 that in 2004. So it's been a long time for me, too, almost two decades. That's a long, long time. Uh, so that would be really exciting. And you know what? If the Gophers win this game Saturday, it kind of feels like last year's Michigan State game. Remember when they beat Michigan State, people were were really high on the Gophers and really mm. excited about that team. Now, it didn't go well after that, but I think the Gophers could build a lot of equity with a win on Saturday. And then you can start talking about, okay, like eight wins might be conservative, nine, ten. Like then you can start really getting optimistic. 
And the Gophers had nine first, or sorry, nine votes to be in the top 25. Right now, if they were to rank them, I think they would be 34th in the country. If they beat North Carolina really quick before we get out of here, do you think they end up in the top 25 next week if they beat North Carolina? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Because I don't know. I, I still feel like people hate hate, hate P.J. Fleck. Uh, they don't want to give him credit sometimes. And I feel like people don't feel like – I think they think North Carolina's Fugazi. Like, a lot of times people get votes because of who their quarterback is. They haven't played anybody. Like, how do you play Appalachian State and you're in the top 25 all of a sudden? You know, like, it just doesn't seem like it met. Like, if you almost lose to Appalachian that should almost knock you down. Like, you, lost, you, you won by six against App State. And App State, again, they've knocked off Giants all the time. They beat Michigan. We've seen those games. But I just feel like some of these schools, just because of who they have at their school, get the nod. And the Gophers don't have any sexy names right now. Ethan Calic Manis, we know the name and love it, but the world does not know yet. So this is his chance. If Ethan Calic Manis, which I think that's why PJ is not – he's going to run the ball, but I do believe he's going to try to give Ethan some national stage time because he wants people to see the product that he has because this is also a recruiting tool for PJ right now. When kids turn on their TV, wherever they're at, it's going to be a kickoff in North Carolina – Probably over 50,000 fans are going to be in attendance. You come here. I told you guys I'm going to put you on the national stage, and this is what I do. So I think PJ is going to put his best foot forward. I think it's going to be a very balanced game. Game one was pass. Game two was run. I think this was going to be a balanced attack. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Julia Dan's and Sam Ekstrom. We're going to thank you guys for joining us. I personally do think they should be in the top 25, even if it's a close game. Uh, but it's not going to happen. They're going to continue to get those nine and ten votes. If they lose bad, good luck. Nobody's going to believe in them, and we're going to we're going to hear all the haters on Twitter talk about PJ Fleck and blah 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 blah. And this team, I should I just should have never put my heart to this team. But they're wearing the gold helmets, the white jersey, the maroon pants. Love the combo, so should be a good one. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. We can get all of our shows. You got the football party. You got the Locked On Vikings, Locked On uh, Gophers. You got the Ron Johnson show, and also all the postcasts after the following the Gophers games and Vikings games. We're going to have a 20 to 30 minute postcast just breaking down all the biggest headlines and stats from the game. I want you guys to have a great weekend and enjoy this weather because it looks like the sun's finally coming out now.